welcome back to the Entertainment Goes Pop podcast, where all things entertainment cross over with all things pop culture, meaning all topics are fair discussion, including TV, movies, music, sports, video games. All of it is discussed on this podcast. This week on the podcast, I've got discussion on the NBA Finals that just concluded and the week two of Big Brother 23. So let's get right to it. The NBA Finals came to a conclusion this week as the Milwaukee Bucks are your 2021 NBA champions. Giannis does it. He did it. Uh, What an incredible run that this team had through the playoffs. They had quite a bit of adversity, a lot of critics. One, I mean, they went through Brooklyn, who... Everybody really thought Brooklyn was going to get it done. Of course, they had a lot of injuries that went on, and Milwaukee still was able to prevail and get through Brooklyn, which was a huge win because a lot of people didn't think they could do it. And, I mean, Giannis has had his critics through this playoffs to whether it's Well, he's had his adversity. You know, he's had his critics to where people are pointing out the flaws in his game, whether it's like the three-point shooting or his free-throw shooting, which has been a problem. Uh, And, of course, you know, fans all over the league have been counting the clock down on, (laughs) you know, the 10-second violation deal, which I hadn't even really paid attention to until it happened in that first round series against Miami to where he got whistled for the 10 second violation. And then after that, you know, the fans were counting the whole way. So between that and then he also had injuries. He's overcome so much in this 2021 NBA playoffs. And so is this team. And Just the performance they put in to win this championship is very impressive. For one, they were down 0-2 in this NBA Finals Series to a very good Phoenix team. This Phoenix team has done a lot of damage in this playoffs. And, you know, talk about how Milwaukee has had so many critics and everybody feeling like that they couldn't do it. Phoenix has had the same issue in the West. Every single series that they would play, everybody seemed to be picking everybody but the Phoenix Suns to win. It's like they knocked the Lakers out in the first round, knocked out the MVP in the second round. I mean, it's I don't know. It's just kind of crazy how Phoenix was just getting so overlooked. So... I just thought this was an awesome NBA Finals. Just two teams that are just a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, when Phoenix went up 2-0, I really thought that was probably going to be a wrap on the championship. I felt like that Phoenix would get one game in Milwaukee. That's what I really thought. You know, game three, you always expect that the home team's going to come out and they're going to play hard, and and they did. Milwaukee hammered them in game three, but then Milwaukee wins game four. They go back to Phoenix. They win game five. They bring it back to Milwaukee, win game six, win the NBA championship. Just super impressive what they did, and... Also, you have to think that there was a time where we didn't think Giannis was even going to play in the NBA Finals. You know, that team, you know, you talk about Giannis because Giannis is just unbelievable, and he showed it in that NBA Finals series. But let's think back to the adversity in the Eastern Conference Finals to where the Milwaukee Bucks had to win against Atlanta without Giannis. They had to step up and do it because when Giannis went down, I thought, man, it may be the Atlanta Hawks in the NBA Finals. And that team just stepped up. They went out there and they played hard and they won for him. So just incredible what they were able to do. And so they get to the NBA Finals and Giannis plays 
And not only does he play, he looks incredible in game one to where you're thinking, how in the world is he playing this well? And Giannis is just a monster. It's, it's incredible what that guy can do. He's just so awesome on the offensive end, but he's so great on the defensive end too. Like he'll get such just amazing blocks. And there was the one play in, uh, I guess that was game, it was game five where, uh, Booker had the ball, turned the ball over in like the last minute of the game, 30 seconds, whatever it was. And Holiday runs down and Giannis called for the oop. And he threw the ball and he just throws down this monster dunk that just silenced the whole building. There's one picture that has went around that's pretty incredible where it's uh, it's taken from the perspective of like his facial to where you can see the fans that are sitting in like the first three or four rows. And the reactions are pretty incredible. One's like got their phone up, you know, getting a picture or video or whatever with just a look of like, oh no, as they look into their phone and see what's going on. There's one picture where, I don't know, I guess it's a husband and wife to where they're sitting there and the wife has her head over on the shoulder <laughs> of her husband next to her, not even wanting to look as Giannis goes up and throws that dunk down. It's It reminds me of uh, the 1998 visual when... Michael Jordan nailed the final shot in Utah, and there's this great shot of the game-winning shot from behind, which is a, was a wide shot, and you can see all the facials of the Utah fans where they're just all like, oh no, oh no, and freaking out, and then you have like your occasional Bulls fans that are in the mix that all have their arms up in the air as the shot's in the air, like, that's going, that's going in, but it kind of reminded me of that. And uh, it's just, it's interesting whenever you can get like such a big moment like that and you get the capture of the still image and you can see the reactions as they're frozen in time of people watching. I always like to look at that because it's just such a good perspective. And yeah, just a monster performance. I mean, 50 points in game six for Giannis. Chris Middleton, he's just been a monster through this finals and the playoffs, it's like he just hits shots. When he needs to hit shots, he hits them, and he gets things done. That's just an incredible duo there. And just so much, like Holiday, Bobby Portis, you know, of course I know Bobby Portis is a Bulls fan. You know, he was a Bulls player there for a while, and a lot of us Bulls fans were uh, were uh, enjoying watching, like, the Milwaukee fans embrace Bobby Portis. So... I just, I love that Giannis did this and he, he shut up a lot of his critics. And one thing that I really liked that he said in his post game was he talked about the super team scenario. And I'd like to point out Giannis did this as not a part of a super team. When he talked about it in his post-game press conference, he said, you know, I could have went to a super team and he said, I would have played my part and we could have won a championship. And because you remember, he re-signed with Milwaukee and there were a lot of people that wondered, would he go somewhere else that he didn't want to go anywhere else? And I have to say this about that organization too, is that that organization has worked really hard every offseason to try and get better to help Giannis because they they want to help him. They want because he has stuck with them and they want to honor that and try to put as strong of a cast around him as they possibly can. Because every time, you know, you had like where they would struggle and they'd get knocked out. And in that offseason, they're like, okay, well, we're gonna add, we're gonna drop this player, drop this player, trade this player, whatever, and we're going to bring this one in and we're going to try to get stronger. And if that didn't work, they would pull that, try something else, bring another player in. And one of them was Holiday. That was one of the players that they brought in on the offseason. And of course, Bobby Portis as well. And uh, actually, Holiday came in. No, that's right. That's right. PJ Tucker was the one that came in midseason. PJ Tucker was the midseason edition. Holiday was an offseason. 
was trying to talk myself out of that. I knew that was right, but I was trying to talk myself out of it. Um, but I mean, that organization, they fought hard. They constantly tried to improve every off season and they got it done. And this team here was definitely the best team that Giannis has had. And he was able to lead this team to the championship. And he talked about, again, going back to the super team thing, that he said this was the harder way to do it. And this is how he wanted to do it. He wanted to do it this way. He didn't want to do it with a super team. He wanted to do it this way. And he did it. And... So, yeah, I mean, that's, I just love that because I'm very much a critic of the super team thing. I don't like the super team era. I think it's lame where you just have a bunch of superstars all just team up and try to win. That's, I, I'm just not a fan. I just, I'm not a fan of that. I like, I like the old school way of you just build your team and you go. I don't like the era of, hey, we're friends. Let's all just pile up on this team and we'll win. Yeah, it's just, it just, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm not a fan. <laughs> if you talk to me in my normal everyday, you know I'm not a fan of the super team. I'm very critical of not being a supporter of the super team era. So the fact that Giannis did this in Milwaukee, did not go anywhere else, and he chose the harder way to do it. Just awesome. And this is one of the greatest, I think this is one of the greatest NBA Finals performances of all time. I really do. I think he he just did it. 50 points. I mean, he had so many big scoring games in this NBA Finals. And again, he's coming off of an injury. It's incredible. Like, it, we thought it was a like a season-ending injury. When he went down, it looked bad. And all of us just held our breath like, oh, no. This is not how you want this season to end, especially for this guy. I mean, he's this guy is just a classy, classy guy. I just I like Giannis a lot. And when he went down, everybody just held their breath and said, "No, don't let that happen to him." You know, it's this isn't fair. And then he comes back and he just puts up monster numbers in the NBA Finals. So, just incredible what he was able to do. I'm just so thrilled that he won this NBA championship and he got a lot of critics off of his back that say, you know, he's a great player and he's won MVP and, but he's never gotten it done. You know, that's, so that's one thing that I'm really glad that he got off of uh, his back. One thing that I liked, he actually mentioned Kobe Bryant, uh, how much Kobe had backed him up on how much he felt like the potential that Giannis had. And they pulled up. So we go back to June 24th, 2019. This is what Kobe uh, put on Twitter about Giannis. He said, my man, MVP, greatness, next up championship, Mamba mentality, hashtag. So... Yeah, as Giannis was winning that championship the other night, I I thought of Kobe. So I thought, man, Kobe would be a really happy camper right now, sitting in front of his TV watching this and watching Giannis step up to this next level. And now, now he's in the argument, you know, of like people can't use the championship argument against him anymore. Now he's got that championship. So... Yeah, just this was a really good NBA Finals. I know a lot of people were not into the Finals because of the whole star power thing to where it's like there's not Steph and there's not LeBron and all that stuff, you know, that people say every year, and I've made this argument a few weeks ago, that this is, you have to have these moments because if you keep relying on the same superstars, eventually those other superstars are going to go away. They're going to retire you've got to be ready with the next level of superstars. And I felt like that's what a lot of this NBA playoffs was, was a lot of these younger stars making their name, putting their stamp on their teams and on the league and expanding out to where now these players that are younger, 
that are going to be superstars, and some already are superstars in this league, now have even more credibility and they have even more experience on the big stage and they've had people have their eyes on them even more now through these NBA playoffs, including Phoenix with Devin Booker. That guy's incredible. That guy's incredible what he can do. He had such a great NBA Finals as well. And now Devin Booker is going to be on a lot of people's radars a lot more. So is Donovan Mitchell. So is Ja Morant. So is Trey Young. Just all these great players that we have in this league of young star power. And, you know, now we had this great NBA Finals that people have just been raving about. I, I haven't really looked at the ratings. I haven't looked at that to see if, how they're doing. But all the people I see, like all the reporters, insiders, and all that on Twitter have just been loving this NBA Finals series. Basically, like, if you don't like this Finals series, you don't like basketball. <laughs> Because it's been awesome. It's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed this NBA playoff run. The injuries have been a bummer. I mean, we've had our injuries and stumbles through the playoffs themselves. And you just, you never want anybody to get hurt. That's always just such a lousy way for anything to end, you know. So there's been, been a bummer of several injuries through the NBA playoffs, but... Man, this has been such a fun playoffs. We've had so many great star performances, so many just elevated superstars, and I really think that the momentum of this playoffs is going to continue into next season to where now we've got some more players that are becoming household names, and that's what we need. That's what we need as this league grows, and it makes it even more exciting because now we... We have like, oh, here's Damian Lillard versus Trey Young tonight. Here's Donovan Mitchell versus Devin Booker. You know, all these players. It's it's going to be good good stuff. It's going to be good stuff. But yeah, congratulations, Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks. They stepped up and did it. They came back from an 0-2 deficit to uh, to win this NBA Finals and just put on an absolute show and just. Again, so much credit to Giannis for just the monster performance he put up when we didn't think he was even going to play. <laughs> we did not even think he was going to play, and look what he did. And he put up one of the biggest championship clincher games of all time with that 50-pointer. Because when he got up around 47, 48, I was like, he has to hit 50. It's like, get him the ball where he can get 50, you know? And when he got to the line, I was like, okay, here we go. So much credit to Giannis. Uh, he he silenced a lot of critics and proud of him. He, he did good, good things in that NBA Finals. Let's get into Big Brother 23, week two. And the follow-up to Frenchie's really crazy first HOH week. It was a lot. And now we're going to see the fallout. And it was a lot for Frenchie. <laughs> so let's jump back to last Thursday, which was day eight. I'm going to talk about the happenings on the show. And of course, I'm going to add in some of the live feed happenings, kind of add in some things and things that weren't included, some things to include that kind of go along with it. So let's get going here. So the conversation we see immediately is who were the rogue votes that were against Alyssa? And, of course, we know that Derek X was one, and he was one that just wanted to stir chaos with the rogue vote, which he admitted to in the DR. That was his reasoning on why he did it. So Tiffany was the other one who had been asked by Frenchie to throw a hinky vote. She agreed to that as a thank you for keeping her safe and for a goodwill type situation. And Tiffany did agree on this under the conditions of that Frenchie never tells anyone about this. We know how this goes with Frenchie and his word. So we immediately see a scene to where it's Tiffany, Brent, Whitney, and Frenchie that where they're all talking in a house about the rogue vote trying to figure it out. And Frenchie says that he knew who the votes were, but that he couldn't say who it was. 
And he is saying this right in front of Tiffany, who was not pleased at all about this. And then the DR, Tiffany is saying, why are you even saying that you know who the votes are? And then not even say who it is. Why are you even throwing that out there that you know who it is? So Tiffany warned the new HOH Kylan about Frenchie saying keep an eye on him. We also got the flashback moment of showing Travis one hour before last week's eviction telling Kylan about the promise that uh, Frenchie had made to him for safety. And in Travis's exit press last week, he continued to talk about how he had outed Frenchie's lies of safety to him, you know, only to put him up and then get him evicted. So this airing on the show was one instance of that. It sounded like there was more just based on Travis's exit interviews. It just sounded like there was more besides that. So I don't know, I'll have to get more info from him on that. So we get to the wild card competition as far as the player picks. Uh, Frenchie plays. Sarah Beth plays, and then Brent ends up playing off of the random draw by his team. They went back-to-back weeks of going to the random draw instead of actually just picking somebody. They went to the randomness, and Brent ended up being the pick from that team. So we get another Frenchie moment when he gets mad suddenly when he's feeling the heat of the week. He's feeling the heat of the of the Alliance blowing up, and he just decides he's blowing up the Slaughterhouse Alliance. He's just going to blow it up. And he goes through the house telling his own Alliance that he is done with the Slaughterhouse Alliance. He goes to Whitney and says, I'm out. That's, that's it. I, and does this in front of people that aren't even in the Alliance, putting her in a bad spot. And Whitney says in the DR that she was having like a really tough time on not blowing up on him at that moment with what he had just done and with how much of a loose cannon that he is. And so, of course, everybody in his alliance is like, what in the world? You know, it's just the latest Frenchie thing that he's doing in the house. So Brent was talking in the DR, you know, he's just talking about the wildcard competition. He said that there was just no way that he would even consider throwing the competition to Frenchie with how miserable Frenchie had been making him in the house. So we get to the actual wildcard competition. It is won by Sarah Beth. However, the twist is, again, it's that risk-reward uh, twist that they've got going the twist is that to keep power with the wild card, to keep herself safe, that she would have to switch teams to Kylan's team. And she says that she's turning it down and she wants to stay in her team, which I'm thrilled about because I love that team of hers with Alyssa, Xavier, and Christian. So Sarah Beth gives up her safety for winning the wild card competition to remain on her team. So now it is time for the nomination talk. The nomination talk on the show was shown very little, so I'm going to fill in a lot of like what happened from the feeds. And this was must-watch TV on the feeds. It was really incredible. Kylan had a plan on how to do nomination talk, and it ended up being loved by the house and, of course, the live feeder viewers alike. Kylan said what he was going to do was bring all the teams in first for team discussions then let everyone talk about their opinions of the state of the house, who they want on a block, just any discussion. He was basically just going to listen to any information anyone wanted to give. Now, after this, he was going to do the one-on-ones. So put them in a row, one after the other, and put five minutes on the clock. Each person gets five minutes to talk. And he actually had someone outside counting the minutes and would knock on the door when the five minutes were up. And he would even stop people at times if their time ran out. So when you came in there, you'd better bring it quickly with what you want to say. Because you have five minutes and you're on the clock. (laughs) So it was like running an assembly line. It was really just awesome to watch. And the house guests liked it too. They called him, Tiffany calls him the CEO of (laughs) of the house of the HOH. So that was pretty funny. So, no long, drawn-out meetings, short and sweet, equal time for everyone. He did not offer up much info back to people in the meetings unless something was brought up that he needed to counter on to dig for more info. And he was very open about that when he set up the meetings. He said, 
you know, I'm pro I'm not going to give much info back. I'm basically just listening. That's that's kind of the rule of this thing. And everybody's like, okay, of course, yeah. So every person threw Frenchie under the bus for a target, threw him under the bus, backed over him, and backed over him again. Except for one person, and that was Brittany, who has been very loyal to Frenchie. Of course, she's one of his team members. And one meeting that he had that was very interesting was with him and Tiffany. And I like Tiffany's approach here. She asked him questions back, kind of rhetorical questions. And she wasn't asking for answers back. She was just saying, like, who is doing this? Who is doing that? Who is causing these things? So he actually gave her more time in the meeting because he wanted to talk longer with her. And one line that she said, and I believe it was in this meeting, if I remember right, was that she said, if you've got a snake, you know it's going to bite you. It is either going to bite you now, or it's going to bite you later, but it's going to bite you. And this was amazing with uh, the feeds viewing, with watching these rapid fire meetings. It was like speed dating. <laughs> it was really awesome. I really liked it a lot. And uh, the first person he brought in, for the one-on-one -on -one was basically Sarah Beth, who he's, uh, well, it was Sarah Beth. She was the first one for the one-on-ones. And he's the closest to her in the house. So he just, you know, was basically like, hey, you're safe. Just want to let you know and get your opinions first on what you think of everything. So we get to the nominations. On the block goes Frenchie and Brittany. And it's full tears for Brittany and anger with her not understanding why she went up. Frenchie's in the room with her saying, and he's saying if he wins veto, he won't use it on himself, and he's going to use it on her instead. He was also telling others that for the next day as well, just leading up to the veto competition. Now, did he mean it? Who knows? I mean, it's Frenchie, and his word, as you know, is not the greatest. <laughs> so, now in comparison... He would say this, including in the house and in the DR, but then later on in his DRs, he would he would be talking about how bad the veto draw was for him, saying it's, it was his only chance to win and stay in the house. But I think a lot of it was that he felt like, and he said this in the house, that he felt like he could save Brittany with the veto and then save himself by talking himself into safety while he's on the block. Not a chance. <laughs> so we see Frenchie go upstairs and talk to Kylan right after the nominations. And he hugs Kylan saying, hey, no hard feelings. He loves him. He knows how hard being HOH is, that he isn't mad at him. You know, just completely peaceful kind of thing here. Said his only request is to tell Brittany why she's up and ease her because Frenchie knew he was himself the target. So... Frenchie leaves and Kylan tells him, you know, please send Brittany right up so I can talk to her. <laughs> Brittany sits down and she says, talk to me. And she's mad, obviously. It's been tears. It's probably tears from her for about an hour downstairs is what we saw in the live feeds. So the reason given to Brittany on why she was up on the block was that Kylan said you were the only person that didn't say Frenchie's name in the meetings that he was having in the one-on-ones. And that showed him that she is a number for Frenchie. So he had to put her up on the block. And he also assured her that she is safe and she is not the target, which eased Brittany down quite a bit. Now in the DR, Brittany said, you know, she's never going to trust Kylan ever again. So the opinion in the house is very happy with Frenchie on the block. Especially Whitney, who's still mad over what Frenchie did to her by outing the Slaughterhouse Alliance and going right up to her and saying, I'm out, you know, in front of everybody that people aren't in the Alliance. So now Frenchie goes on his, I'm going to blow up the Slaughterhouse Alliance tour. So he tells Derek X and Aza about it, to which they say, after he leaves, they say, thanks. Thanks for the info. <laughs> you know, like, okay. Now, this was the night, this was the night I stayed up till probably 3.30 in the morning watching live feeds between this and Alyssa's birthday. So Frenchie, again, is ranting on the jocks, being in the game, and how he would have succeeded if Big Brother hadn't stacked so many jocks this year. 
saying that there were five of them. Now, I'm not sure who he, all he is counting for five. I don't know what he counts as a term for a jock. So he brings Tiffany and Claire in to tell them about the Alliance. He's naming names of who's in it. Now, Derek F., who is in the Alliance, is over on his bed trying to blend into that bed, <laughs> hoping that his name doesn't get mentioned. It doesn't. It doesn't get mentioned. The problem with all this, yeah, Tiffany and Claire already know about it. They know all about this, so they're just listening to see what he says compared to what they already know. So afterwards... They all go up to Kylan in the HOH room, Tiffany and Claire do, and they're telling about their conversation, which was gold on the feeds with them doing full impersonations of Frenchie, telling them what they already knew. They also mentioned how he was stumbling naming names because he was trying to remember what names he could and couldn't say. So Tiffany has Frenchie clocked. I mean, she has him figured out. And she's mad up in this HOH room, conversations saying how annoyed she is that he is trying to play her with this. She's on to him, and she's been on to him. She's been on to him. We've seen it for a while now. So we get to the veto players picking as far as who's going to play in the veto competition. Of course, the two nominees and the HOH play along with those names that get drawn out of the bag by those three people. So Kylan picks Alyssa, which means she gets to play on her birthday. She had actually requested on the feeds that if she didn't play, that she wanted to get to host for her birthday, but she gets to play. So Frenchie picks Claire. Not a good pick for Frenchie because she is targeting Frenchie and she wants him out. Brittany picks Derek X, who was last week's veto winner. So he's going to get an opportunity to go back to back here. So the veto competition was like a competition where you try and collect suntan oil in your bucket. There are big containers of suntan oil all over the yard. They're all on a timed pattern. Some squirt bigger amounts and then they have a pattern of when they squirt out. So you have to learn the patterns and hurry to stand and let it hit your bucket. So you then take your bucket and dump what you have into a large container to fill it up, which would give you the veto win. So Claire's strategy was to throw it, but to have a respectable time to where it doesn't look like she's throwing the competition. Derek X had a strategy of like, look, he was really trying to look for the patterns and then try to figure out the timing of when each one releases. Lots of slipping and sliding here, especially from Brittany and Frenchies. It's really slick out there on that course with all that flying around. So now Frenchie does seem to pick up on a strategy that no one else noticed. He saw that the lotion bottles with the higher numbered SPF labels were putting out more suntan lotion. Now, I don't know if anyone else caught on to that or that they just didn't show it. So that was a big, uh, big pickup by him there. Now, the results are revealed. We have our times that are shown. Claire finished at 5 minutes and 33 seconds. Kylan at 4.54. Brittany at 5.08. Derek X at 4.41. Alyssa at 6.51. Frenchie, 5.06, which means Derek X wins the veto for the second week in a row. So how fitting is it that Derek X is the one that wins this to seal Frenchie's fate? when Frenchie is the one that made up so many things about him last week and turned the house on him. And Derek X has really done a good job of getting back on the good side of the house to where now everybody figures out what's going on. He actually didn't do these things. And now he's really done a great job socializing and getting back in. And just, I think everybody just really likes him in there. And I, I do too. I really like Derek X a lot. So now he gets his revenge here. So now we get the Frenchie is Sad house tour with him talking about quitting and Derek X pumping him up to keep fighting. And we also had several DRs over this week with Frenchie saying, I never quit. But on the feeds, he actually tried to quit and self-evict twice. Two nights in a row, he tried to self-evict. So it's like, I want to go see my family. I don't want to stay, blah, 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 blah. He tried to, he, all this, I never quit. He was trying to evict, self-evict twice, two nights several times through the week. So the veto ceremony happens. The veto is not used as expected, leaving the nominations the same. 
We also get one of the better Big Brother voiceovers with the edit as the episode ends, pondering what happens at the eviction, saying, Is Frenchie toast? I, and I laughed out loud. That that was funny. That was one of the better ones. I usually eye roll, but that was one of the better ones. And then that gets us to tonight's, to tonight's live eviction, where Mr. Announcer Guy also gives us another line of, Is Frenchie fried? <laughs> Which I laughed at, too. So, that gets us to the happenings of tonight's episode. Brittany talks of how her strategy is to just stay quiet, which is the right strategy. Just let him do his thing. Don't say anything, Brittany. Just lay low. You're not the target. Just let him do his thing, and he's going to be gone. And that's the right strategy. So, Frenchie says he is not wanting to campaign against her, to which several say, hey, he can just go around and say, this is why you should keep me and not actually be targeting her. So in the DR, Frenchie says he's playing possum and letting people think he is giving up. I have no idea if that plays anything to the self-eviction thing. I don't think it does because he, he was very serious about giving up, you know, even to his own team members. So again, it's Frenchie. So, sweet segment that was shown tonight was Sarah Beth talking to Kylan and opening up to him about her dad passing away from COVID a year ago. Uh, just sad story. Just a sad story and just, uh, man. And I like that she talked to Kylan. They've had just a really good bond between the two of them. The two of them. They've just really become good friends in there. And it's, uh, I just love that she felt comfortable to open up to him about that. It was just very cool. So we get to, as far as the game stuff here, we get to Kylan meeting with the other teams to try and secure safety for next week. The Aces did not actually promise safety to him. Uh, their wording didn't actually promise it to him, and he picked up on it, and so did Derek X, and Derek X stuck around and was just like, hey, I just kind of noticed that. So I just want to tell you, hey, you're good with me. And he talked to him separately. And Kyle was like, oh, yeah. He said, well, you're good with me. And they have a good bond, too. So Kylan meets with the Kings. And they talk about Whitney and Brent as a target for next week. Kylan then talks to the Queens, which is Tiffany and Claire. And so now we have the Kings and Queens that are along with him and Derek X that they're trying to all form together here. And Brent talks to Whitney and Christian later on about how he, and he's really said this a lot on the feeds this week about how a girl needs to go next week, that we need to prevent an all girls Alliance from forming and that the girls are going to outnumber the guys and blah, blah, blah. And he's really been on that and it's really working against him a lot. And, uh, he says, next two weeks, it should be two girls that go over the next two weeks. The problem with that is that the slaughterhouse is done. That alliance is done. And I don't, and he's still, I don't think he's figured that out. So the next week, Brent is the target. Brent is the target going into next week. And he's not aware of that. So that gets us to the vote tonight for eviction Frenchie and Brittany. The votes to evict Frenchie are Claire, Sarah Beth, Xavier, Christian, Whitney, Aza, Ter Derek X, Tiffany, Brent, Hannah, and Alyssa. The only vote to evict Brittany is Frenchie's number two, which was Derek F. So 11-1 vote. Frenchie is out. That gets us to the HOH competition tonight, which included the returning Celebrity Big Brother house guest Tom Green. He was one of the very few bright spots of that Celebrity Big Brother season. I just wasn't a fan of that season. I just, I, Celebrity Big Brother was just kind of a disaster, really, where you just had celebrities just constantly wanting to quit and not play the game, and it's just, uh, I just don't care if they ever do a Celebrity Big Brother. Tom Green was one of the highlights of this last Celebrity Big Brother season that they did. He was very popular among the fans, and he seemed like he enjoyed playing the game and embraced Big Brother. So the competition here is called Tom Talks BB. So the house guests are asked a series of questions based off of the videos of Tom talking to people on the streets about Big Brother. So the last house guest standing after seven questions wins. 
The first question knocked out a bunch of the drama for the week as Derek F., Brittany, and Brent all went out. So when that happened, it was like, oh, that just took out Frenchie's Alliance, and it took out the target for next week. So it also took out Tiffany and Christian. They went out on the first round as well. So question two took out Aza. All were correct on question three. Question four took out Whitney and Claire, so it comes down to Alyssa, Xavier, Sarah, Sarah Beth, Derek X, and Hannah on question five. Here, I'm like, I'm good with any of these winning. I'm, I'm sitting pretty right now. It is all good. I'm good with any of them winning. So Xavier is the only one to get it right on that question five, and he wins head of household. So that means his whole team is safe as well. So congratulations to Xavier on his HOH win. No reveal this week on what the wild card twist is going to be. So I guess that's something we're going to have to try to figure out on the live feeds and try to piece that together this weekend or tomorrow, because tomorrow will be the wild, uh, wild card competition. So that's that's the overview of the week as far as the game and just everything that was going on with the shows. Uh, I'm going to go over some random show happenings here. Of course, we had a very funny moment that aired on the show that I did not see on the live feeds, which was Ozza and Tiffany were talking on Ozza's bed with Tiffany laid over crying as someone entered the room. And the editors did a great job with this, too, with them laying, like, the sad music over it. And I'm like, what is this going on? What's, what's, what's all the sadness and crying about? As the person left the room, Ozza sits up laughing, and the music stops. And I'm thinking, what is going on? And they've got a plan in place to where if they are talking game and someone walks in, they do that to where it protects them from where it looks like it doesn't look like they're talking game. <laughs> And instead, they're talking about something very serious to where the other person will leave. So that was a very funny segment. That was well done. I like that a lot. The editors did a great job, and kudos to them on that play. So what you missed on the live feeds, let's talk about some of the live feed happenings that did not make the show this week. It's been a very entertaining live feeds week. I've enjoyed it. I've lost sleep. It's been a good week. So Frenchie has been determined, he's been determined all week that he is America's favorite and that America is voting on something to save him, that he's not going home. He was looking into the camera saying it in front of others, saying how the ratings were going to go down with, without him because he is the show. And of course that didn't set very well with the rest of his house guests. You know, they're just like, we're a cast. We all bring things together for this show. And Yeah. So, yeah, America wanted him gone as much as the house did. <laughs> so, there was some great stuff with Frenchie, like, doing vote talking to Hannah at one point, where he was talking to Hannah, saying, if I'm on the block next to Brittany, vote me out. To which Hannah said, you don't have to tell me, which I thought was hilarious. Like, man, I love that zinger by, <laughs> by Hannah. I like Hannah. I like her a lot. So, fun moments on the feeds with the house looking for games to play, and they are very clued in on, like, the charades thing. Like, I can't remember who said it, but someone said, yeah, the live feeders hate it when the house guests play charades. They want people gaming, like, playing the game instead of uh, doing, like, charades, which is so true. It's like, me, myself... I do like the games, but I really do like the games. I remember the great kickball game that uh, they had at Big Brother 7, All-Stars on live feeds. That's one of my favorite live feed nights ever. That was so fun. Charades, on the other hand, has gotten overdone. That's the one that I really am like, ugh, when they do, just because it's been so overdone, especially last season. I think last season completely burned out charades because they just played it all the time. And, of course, last season was last season, too, with, like, very little gameplay. So, this season they have been doing other games and things, including, like, them playing a live-action version of Among Us, which was very fun. And they had a lot of fun playing that. They've been playing a lot of, like, popular games and doing, like... Uh, live versions of them, like in-person versions of these games. It's been very fun. I've really enjoyed that. So this cast here is very good at 
coming up with fresh ideas, game playing and stuff in the house to keep themselves entertained on the downtime. So good stuff. I like that. Alyssa's birthday. This was a very fun thing on the feeds. And the house had planned a surprise for her as midnight approached. At one point, Alyssa, Hannah, Sarah, Beth, among others, there's somebody else in there. I don't, maybe it's Derek X. I don't remember who it was. Uh, maybe it's, I don't remember who the other one was, but they were all sitting in the bathroom talking. Christian walks in and goes right into the bathroom stall. But then he walks right back out and he's walking fast with clearly something under his shirt. And he looks completely suspicious. And I laughed saying, what in the world's he up to? And then Alyssa wondered the same thing when she said, uh, hey, stop. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you up to? You're up to something. What are you doing? And he's like, nothing. And he just kept on going. So, well, he clearly had went and got the toilet paper out of the bathroom stall because this ended up being used as part of the surprise. So Xavier and Christian meet up in the storage room where they are planning up the birthday surprise, including trying to figure out what food she likes to wrap up as presents and such. And they're like, does she like cereal? No, I've never seen her eat cereal. The whole time she's been here, I've never seen her eat cereal. It was pretty funny just... Watching them try to figure this out, you know, talking and trying to plan this thing. So later they go and corner Alyssa by herself in the bathroom when she was in there. That group had broken up and it went elsewhere, but she was the only one in there. And no, actually she had left and they dragged her back in, if I remember right. So they proceed to wrap her in toilet paper, to which they're all laughing and she's laughing and they wrap her up. She's being led out of the room. At one point, she's like, what if I need to go to the bathroom? And they're just like, well, just pull paper off your hand or something. That was pretty funny. So they wrap her up and they're leading her out of the room. And then Kylan walks in, who wants to have like a, a game conversation, HOH conversation. So we have this serious conversation with this group at the moment, right as they were about to go out the door of the bathroom into the kitchen. And Alyssa is wrapped head to toe in toilet paper where only you can see her eyes. And she clocked it perfect when she said, oh no, with this being game talk, they're going to air me on TV being covered in toilet paper, having this conversation. Like, yep, they did. That was the, actually the only part of the, her birthday that they aired on the show. So after this, they lead her into the storage room where the rest of the house is gathered to surprise her. Well... Everyone but Frenchie, who was in the DR, trying to self-evict. And you know what? With the way he was acting anyway that night, I'm glad he was in there instead of being a potential mess-up of Alyssa's birthday surprise. Not wanting his attitude in there messing this up and bringing the mood down. Not wanting another Keisha's birthday moment. So they bring Alyssa in. They sing happy birthday to her with a candle blowing, like make-believe thing that they'd set up and that she could do. And she opens presents with one of them being celery. <laughs> She's like, oh, you got me celery. It was, so that was pretty funny. Afterwards, they had dinner together. It was just a very, very fun thing. And this was just so greatly done. And I'm really glad they did this for her. And this is something she will always remember and treasure with that moment of when she got to spend her birthday in the Big Brother house and her new friends in there threw her a surprise party. So kudos to everybody that pulled that off and just made that such a great moment for her. That was just really, really cool. So showmances. This is something to kind of keep an eye on here. So keep an eye on Derek X and Hannah. They've there's a little bit of flirtation there. They've kind of openly admitted that each likes the other. I don't remember if they really admitted it to each other, but it's very known among the house. There was even a conversation yesterday to where the house has picked up on it too, and they're like, you know, you'd be cute with, and they were talking to Derek X about it, and it's it's no secret that they they like one another. So I really hope that goes because I really like Derek X and Hannah together. They're very cute when they talk together. So Brent has been roaming between Alyssa and Hannah. There's no interest back from either one of them back to him. <laughs> so and Alyssa and Christian have been borderlining on that showmance to where they hang out a lot. But I wouldn't call them a showmance. It's like they're right on that border so I don't know where that goes, but they definitely hang out a lot. A lot of times when the group is hanging out together, 
they'll be off just the two of them. So they're going to, have to be careful about that, especially when week one, you know, Frenchie put that target on them. So, so now here's something to keep an eye on for this week. And of course they showed it on the show, but somewhat, but there's a big alliance that's formed with the Kings and Queens along with Derek X and they're calling themselves the Royal family. And it is Tiffany, Kylan, Claire, Xavier, Derek X, Alyssa, Christian, and Sarah Beth. And they've even given themselves like royal titles. It's really cool. I, I like the name. That's a cool name. And the way they play it off, you know, the, the kings and queens and the jokers and aces thing with the team names. That's very cool. So something to keep an eye on as we go into this week. And of course... Nothing live feeds as of yet. We have nothing live feeds as I record this. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been quite the week in the Big Brother house. Curious to see how Xavier does again. Brent appears to be the target. Well, he is the target. I assume just based on the talk in the groups that probably Whitney will go up against him. We'll have to see if Xavier goes through with that. But it does look like Brent is the target so he is going to need a veto win this week <laughs> to keep himself safe so that is it for week two of big brother 23 i'm really enjoying this season a lot this is a really great cast and a fun cast and i'm enjoying them a lot so we'll see what happens in week three so that is a wrap for this week's podcast Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Take care and God bless.